Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Watching ECW. Uh, my name's Matthew K. Fabe, and uh, as always, I've forgotten that I host this show, uh, so that's very exciting. Um, luckily, uh, I'm here with the man who hosts every other show on Wrestle Wolf, who's written an intro for me. Um, he's written me. Uh, here we go. Uh, Damien works all day and gets half drunk at night, waking at four to soundless dark, he stares. Uh, In time, the curtain edges will grow light. Till then, uh, Damien sees what's really always there, unresting death a whole day nearer now, making all thought impossible, but how? And where and when he himself shall die. Uh, Arid interrogation, yet the dread of dying and being dead flashes afresh to hold and horrify uh, Dr. Damien Gibson. Yeah, unresting dead indeed. That's uh, how I feel. That's how I look. <laughs> it's, uh, we've recorded... How many podcasts have we recorded in the last two days? Has it been seven, nine, 14? I don't... I mean, I man, I love talking to you about You're wrestling. You're sick of it. I feel, like, I feel like we're doing a lot at the moment. No, no, not at all. It just... When we launch a uh, TNA show, well, you'll Well, see, the thing is, it. I... I <laughs> no, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um it's the editing, I think, that, mm. that bugs me. So behind the curtain uh, for, for... Editing podcasts is really fucking boring, guys, just for, like, because you're essentially, you're going through it to try and every little uh, this or um, or... <clears throat> so if we record for an hour, I've got to go through the whole podcast just looking for those things. Anyway... I love you guys. I just, love doing just this behind podcast the curtain uh, for for our <laughs> listeners. Um, we do an NW. You do an NWA solo show. We do an AEW show. We do a WCW retrospective. We do a monthly ECW retrospective, and uh, I yeah. do not edit or listen to any of the shows once we've recorded them. <laughs> um, I sometimes listen to your NWA one, and I listen to your AEW solos but I don't listen to anything uh, with myself on it. Uh, yeah, it's just to, like, clarify, it's not – it's because you can't listen to yourself. Like, you've said to me that you're such a, uh, a perfectionist with your own uh, performance I, that you I, just could I not I think perfectionist is, is you being kind uh, to our listeners. I think I'm just uh, – would be so horrified by the sound of my own voice, the, the hideous, still beating heart under the uh, under the floorboards, mocking me as I listen. Uh, you know, jokes that that didn't land, uh, that I would just consider always. And it, there'd be one episode of this podcast, um, and you know, we're we're building up a good enough audience uh, <laughs> now that that would be, I assume, really depressing for everyone if. Uh, well, maybe you doing them solo would be better for all of us because it would mean I'd have like three hours to no, listen to a week. No, 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 it's not, <laughs> no, it's not good for me. It's not good for the audience because <laughs> it's just the audience hearing me getting more and more wound up about something. Like once I, <laughs> the good thing 
besides the fact that I really love talking about wrestling with you, you are a counterbalance. I, I will move into like being the more like my more extreme attitude, mm. like Jr. For example, I'll be like, I fucking hate Jr. And you'll be like, Dude, relax, chill. He's just a commentator, and maybe like, yeah, fucking Jr. And I'll like back off. If I'm on my own, if I'm left to my own devices, I could literally do an <laughs> hour and a half on Jr. <laughs> on my own. No one wants that, you know. No one. No one. Look. Put it this way, I did I did do this on my own for a couple of months before you came on board and we were getting listenerships of three, four, the, five. Uh, <laughs> so I think that speaks for I just, itself. I would like to point out that uh, now we've got listenerships <laughs> of seven. Eight, Don't say that because people will think it's true. Um, the, it's not bloody true. I wouldn't say it. If, if it was true, there's we a word I'm searching <laughs> for that's somewhere. It's it's not quite destructive, and it's not self-destructive, but it's inflicting self-destruction upon another person. And what I'm going to do is do that to you right mm-hmm. now by suggesting that you just do a live call in, uh, talk back wrestling radio with <laughs> with our listeners. I'm sure that would be uh, that would be even worse. <laughs> you become I would wrestling be into that. I would be into that. Uh, I don't know if I would because I think once I actually speak to someone face to face, I probably my innate politeness, my like want to please people would take over. I couldn't be. I, so I was going to say I couldn't be Vince Russo, but Vince Russo is usually pretty nice to the people who call into his Twitch channel. <laughs> the I, I see you very strongly uh, as wrestling's I rush. Feel, I feel like Jr. would be. I <laughs> yeah maybe it's only a matter of time before that happens right like someone should do that show like if Brian Alvarez had a talkback show you know what I mean just him baiting WWE marks mm. <laughs> and them calling well actually I don't think he would be baiting people because he genuinely hates WWE and is literally disappointed by them every week even though he knows exactly what he's going to get Every week. But uh, God bless him. I'm so happy he does it because it gives me something to watch every Tuesday night, Wednesday morning for 10 minutes when he goes on another rant about Raw. It's the best. But I, I could I could do a talk-in show. A talk, talk I feel in, like talk your time show. slowly will just be completely overtaken by uh, wrestling podcasting, which is perfectly fine for me. Um. That's what we need to. We, that's why we need to get some sponsors. We get some sponsors. I'll do this full time. Absolutely. Imagine, imagine watching wrestling was your full time job. I'm just concerned about what the sponsors are. But anyway, uh, ISIS, have you considered a change of location? <laughs> <laughs> we pay the costs. Well, if we're if we're if we're going by other wrestling shows, it's going to be uh, it's going to be. Um, uh, shavers for your balls. Uh, it's going to be what else do they have on there? Blue Chew, um, the, the Viagra. So it's going to be it's going to be like Blue is Chew, your disgusting Blue pubic Chew. hair uh, affecting your boners? <laughs> Fix both. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to. What what Wrestle Talk get? You just get uh, all the English ones. I think are on Acast. So you just get generic ads for your area. So it's always. Stuff that I, it's like the join the army reserve or McDonald's are doing lattes really? at cafes this week. I was like, I fuck, fuck off. All right. We've <laughs> talked about away. ourselves for long enough. There is only one, one legitimate reason to ever go to a McCafe. And that's if you're a country town and there is nowhere else to get coffee at the time that you are there and a McCafe is open and you have a hangover. Otherwise you can wait, keep driving until you get to the next town. The uh, uh, all right. Well, I will take that into account. <laughs> <laughs> Heading away this saying, weekend. Do me cafes exist anywhere uh, else? On I can't really answer that question. Or is that just a weird Australian? I don't thing? know. We're because we're so like uh, it's. It seems like the kind of weird thing that might be only basically Victorian because we're such uh, cunts about coffee. Yeah, <laughs> wankers. <laughs> I'm just looking it up. Oh, no, no it exists um, in the States. Since 2014. So I'm, uh, did we have them before? Oh, no, founded in Melbourne yeah. in 1993. Wow. Good for us. So you're welcome, we've, world. 
we have strayed far from the light. Uh, Should we talk some about what, some ECW? Sorry? Oh, my e- God. ECW? I've watched the wrong thing. I've just been watching Major League Wrestling for the last week. Anyway, no. Uh, we're at 4th of April, 1995, uh, in the ECW arena, or uh, more specifically, we're not in the ECW arena, as becomes increasingly clear as we watch uh, these shows that we're missing enormous amounts of enjoyable uh, professional wrestling by not having been 22 years old and living in Philadelphia in 1995. Uh, anyway, so I'll, I'll quickly run through the the first episode of April 1995, 4th of April. Uh, it opens with a cut together of the history of the people participating in the three-way dance, uh, the public enemy, Sabu and Taz, Malenko and Benoit. Uh, it starts in 1994 and goes all the way through to the present. Uh, Public Enemy uh, deliver then go to the ring and deliver a promo that is absolutely unintelligible because the audio is so poor, uh, but they're good at promos. The crowd seems to love it. Uh, Joey Styles talks about how fans from 38 states and three countries are coming in to see the three-way dance, um, which is, I hope, an exaggeration. Um, then we cut to the Pitbulls, who are in a sauna, and they cut a promo on how they destroy people with the super bomb and how they listen to Jason and how they shouldn't have. We then get a package on the Raven Dreamer gauntlet match that you'll remember from March 1995. We get a Tommy Dreamer promo. Uh, Sandman and Woman with Joey Styles give a promo on Shane Douglas. Uh, Sandman... Uh, gives a history lesson on failed mi- military leas- lea- uh, leaders, which is great. Uh, we then get Terry Funk and Sandman versus Cactus and Shane Douglas. This is great. Uh, you know, Terry uh, beats up Cactus with a flaming branding iron before pinning him. Uh, when when people talk about hardcore matches, I would say getting hit with a lit branding iron is pretty hardcore. Uh, Terry does a promo with the branding iron. Uh, in front of his face. Then we get a little Shane Douglas promo on how he knows all about history uh, and how his ass is asbestos, so it doesn't matter how hot it gets. Um, and then we get a video package with the public enemy, Benoit and Paulie. What do you think of this episode? Uh, can we just pause yeah. for one second? Sorry, man, just give me one sec. Um yeah, I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed the recap of the three-way mm. feud here, which I've kind of uh, the few episodes that we've done. I've sort of complained about, like, oh man, there's a lot of recaps here, and I just like because of the the quality of the video package and stuff. And they usually put it to music, so it's just kind of like, oh, this. Mm. I don't know if I, you know, like they've got limited resources to do a video package about something, but this I really. Enjoyed. In fact, pretty much every well, all four of the episodes of this month, I, I really enjoyed. Um, there is a there is an notice? elephant in the room of enjoyment, uh, or maybe a different kind of animal. The pitbulls are not very good. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're okay. Like, I think they're yeah. Uh, for ECW at this time, they are w- they serve a purpose. That's probably the nicest thing that you can say. Like I, I when they eventually join up mm. with some people later on, I think I'm like, oh, that that's good. Like that's a good pairing. I feel like that works. Um, yeah, I mean, that, look, that's fair. They they have a line here. They they're the most wrestlery wrestlers. Like Shane Douglas's gimmick is that he's taking off wrestlers, right? But they're the most like actual 1985 territory. Like, all right, listen here, brother, we're gonna get a. But they have this line where they go, uh, "Yeah, he, Jason made a mistake. Mortals can do that. Pit bulls can't." I'm like, do they think that pit bulls, the dogs, are, are immortal? There's a promo. I'm not sure if it's in this episode or not, but they they cut a promo in a. Yeah, this is this promo, which is. This is this promo, right? Yeah, uh, which is like I, you know, I I understand the benefits of steam rooms, but it's also where you find the biggest meatheads in a gym, right? Like it's just at the end of their workout, like yeah. that's where the guys who are injecting roids into their dick are yeah. going to the steam room. 
and uh, that these guys couldn't look any more <laughs> like roided up wrestlers I, in this. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you could see the acne on the inside of their legs while they're cutting the promo, and like just the pure testosterone. I, of, like, I do have to point out that you know. You know, like while they, it was like Jesus as they're having a go at Jason about his but, mortality and their lack of mortality, their their immortality. One of the pit bulls is dead, but one well, of the pit bulls, bulls live dead. forever. He died in two thousand three. <laughs> <laughs> Sucked in, dickhead. <laughs> yeah, we all know the pit bulls it's, live it's forever. Like, it is, yeah. A horrific story, the story of the, the of Anthony Durant's death, and I shall not go into it because it's terribly, terribly sad. Yeah, I feel like we do that a lot with our review shows where, like, one of us will be like, yeah, and he died, and then it just completely derails the <laughs> lighthearted nature of the shows yeah. we're trying to do. <laughs> but unfortunately, when you're looking back on wrestling history, I mean, this is, you know, we sort of, we joke around about wrestling a lot, but it is, yeah. you know, there are a lot of casualties to create this ridiculous art form that we, yes. we all love so much. But I, I thought they were fine. The one thing that I did notice in that package is that uh, Johnny Grunge took a, a headshot. I can't remember mm. who gave it to him, actually. I think it might have been Sabu, um, where uh, Johnny Grunge just stood and looked at him and he took a headshot to the forehead. And I don't think I've ever seen anyone not even go to put their arm up a little. You know, I've seen people take headshots where they don't put their hand up. But Johnny Grunge just stood there. It's the most staunch thing I've ever seen in my whole entire life. Like, and it it's probably not the most graphic thing you'll see in ECW. It's, it, you know, it wasn't like mm. a crimson mask or, you know, jumping off a balcony through three tables. Or There's a lot more spectacular stuff, but that's one of the more brave things. I mean, he's either completely stupid or ridiculously brave, or both. I, I think it's probably yeah. the last option. This is, I mean, <laughs> to be this fair. isn't like they, they are. They are absurd. Like the all of them, the way they just like, you know, they essentially their their offense is just hitting people right in the most delicate parts of their skulls as hard as possible. But there is like with the breaking of kayfabe around this time, it is interesting that ECW cropped up as almost like an antidote to kayfabe disappearing. Mm. You know, the fact that it, it had been, I mean, if you <laughs> if you somehow thought that wrestling was completely real, mm. anyway, whatever, it doesn't really matter. The, the fact that kayfabe, like people had come out and said, hey, it's all, you know, predetermined, we do this and that and blah, blah, blah. And at the same time, ECW appears and goes, well, try and tell us that this isn't real, you know, and they start, branding each other with fucking burning hot branding irons <laughs> uh stuff like that just this I, what i will say about all of these episodes i feel like the violence levels has been kicked up a couple of notches from the shows that we've done yeah and and just previously just, to, just quickly a, to go back to your to to your point like it's interesting because ecw clearly saw the end of sort of people i guess suspending their disbelief in professional wrestling in the 90s and they sort of thought the answer was to be more graphically violent whereas in 2022 it seemed or 2021 we live in 2021 we're recording this in 2021 um i've just realized anyway we're we're here uh the <laughs> it's fine the, man. It's been uh, a long year. oh that's concerning four months in um but we uh <laughs> I meant the last 12 months has been Professional wrestling has decided that the way to deal with people suspending their disbelief is by leaning into the absurdity, you know, with cinematic matches and with, you know, playing around with people's expectations in that way. Like there are still, you know, some wrestlers who are sort of, you know, catch as catch can, we're real wrestlers. Um, and there are some wrestlers who are, you know, like your sort of Cody Rhodes style thing and things, and then there's a little bit of hardcore still, but really you've got your absurd sort of Matt Hardy's, you know, the AJ Styles Undertaker match. Uh, you know, you've got two legit people, like you know, the Undertaker sort of built his set the second half of his career around being this, you know, legit fighter, and now he's in you know a boneyard match, you know, sort of like a you know a cinema match that's not 
real and is clearly played to be not real. You know, they, they did a pay, WWE did a pay per view called, uh, you know, extreme the horror show at Extreme Rules, where it's it's you know it's a movie, uh, and then you've got you know the young bucks and and people that are built around just doing spots. Um, that you know, it's not about selling or telling a story in the ring necessarily. It's about being like, holy shit, that was 15 minutes of just phenomenal, unbelievable things that I'm never going to see again. So I guess ECW kind of went one way and pro wrestling ended up going another. That was a long-winded way to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think wrestling could do with a bit more really? ECW. The more that I watch of it, yeah, I think so. I, I think I really think so, man. Like, I I'm obviously love Dynamite. Anyone who listens to our show, you know, like even when other people say, oh, I don't know if it was the best show, I attack them <laughs> on a weekly basis. <laughs> like that Khan coin's <laughs> coming, uh, coming thick and fast on my end. But I, I, I don't know. There's just watching. I mean, it's that. Because as soon as I say that, I think, yeah, but then all the wrestlers, like, get uh, acquired brain injuries and, like, bad things happen. So that's, like, really selfish, Damien. But I did, in the sense of, like, a little bit more reality, which is weird coming from me because I'm, like, Warhorse, Danhausen, and Dexter Loomis are the three <laughs> best wrestlers in the world. <laughs> but I, I think there's room for everything. I, I think, like, once you're at the – once you're fighting for belts, that's where you drop the – cinematic matches and the that kind of shit you know like you can have that it's pretty much the only thing i agree with bruce pritchard on is that you should have a varied show for you know and then you've got different things for different people i would like to see a bit more hardcore stuff i mean aew's done a little bit of it with Mm. john moxley really the the john moxley i mean we're hurtling towards blood and guts yeah, all those guys. Yeah, I suppose there's been a bit. There has been a bit of graphic stuff on AEW, but it, there could be a little bit more. I think that's that's fair. I, I have I I have yeah. just watched four hours of ECW, so I'm probably a little bit biased. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I there's one other thing from this episode in particular that I just wanted to bring up. Um, this was the first time we got a real sort of promo from Sandman. Woman's been doing most of his sort of stick work. Uh, and Sandman shocked me by being, you know, I thought his sort of thing was that he was this absolute illiterate beer drinking, you know, whatever. And he starts going on about how Shane Douglas is doomed to repeat history's failures and he's talking about Napoleon. And then he uh, says he's going to shove a Singapore cane up his ass. So that was, uh, I was like, oh, good, we're back. <laughs> yeah, a lot of talking about inserting things up people's There's asses a, yeah, in these episodes, which, you know, um, that's fine. These are aggressive men. They're going to say shit like that. It's the, you know, that's real. I can accept that. You know what I mean? It's like, I fucking hate you. I'm going to shove this fucking cane up your ass. Like, right, <laughs> yeah, it's not nice um, behavior. No, but he's not a nice guy. Sam Man's no. not a nice guy. <laughs> you know, that's, that's his gimmick. Can I put something controversial out there? I know I'll probably mm. get howled down, but. Did Stone Cold rip oh, off Sandman? No, this is this is absolutely a real thing. I'm pretty sure this is a, an accepted thing that Stone Cold went to ECW. So, Stone Cold like a slightly yeah, Stone Cold down went to Sandman? ECW. Like a, a did WWF some, yeah, he did some promos for Paul E. Watched some Sandman and was like, "Hey, I'm gonna also drink beer and like you know smash the can on." Yeah, I just want to clarify that I'm not underselling how amazing Stone Cold was or is right like he's obviously a very charismatic guy and all that kind of thing but the more that i see sandman the more i'm like this this feels really yeah. familiar no it's uh absolutely completely ripped off um so shall we move to the 11th of april 1995 uh yeah uh, yeah I just, no, I, just one more thing that i wanted to point out this is going to be a really long episode if i keep doing this sorry but <laughs> Terry Funk coming out to Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. Is, is that all you wanted to? Is that theme all you for the common to- man? What the fuck is that about? Well, you know, we talk about the themes a lot on this show. That just uh, you talk about a jarring theme. And then he's coming out with a, a red hot brand. Yeah, a flaming. 
Yeah, that he sticks in Mick Foley's chest. Oh, sorry, Cactus Jack's chest. You know, it was like, this theme does not. <laughs> also, we had that theme it's, as Channel 7. sports news. Uh, yeah. Channel 7 sport theme for it's 20 up. years. So I can't. I was just imagining Bruce McAvaney po- po- popping up and doing on, commentary for uh, On ACT. themes, just quickly, uh, I've been thinking that a conspiracy character like Sami Zayn uh, should come out to Children of the Revolution by T Rex. Anyway, um, that's just a just a little bit of that a complete side. Eleventh um, of April, nineteen ninety five. Um, we opened to Todd Gordon saying that Sabu refused to appear uh, at the three way dance that they've been uh, talking about for the last four weeks uh, and has been indefinitely suspended. Uh, we get the Chris Benoit promo before the three way dance. Uh, Taz comes out to the ring and attacks Benoit. Malenko appears. Then Rick Steiner appears and clears the ring, which is unexpected and cool. Then we get a television championship match in its full. Uh, The television champion, Too Cold Scorpio, loses to a young fellow named Eddie Guerrero. Uh, Cactus then gives a promo on Guns N' Roses and their relationship to Terry Funk. Uh, we get a replay of the branding iron attack, and I feel like if you have a branding iron attack happen in your promotion at a house show, you should replay it as often as possible. Uh, we get Shane Douglas versus Sandman for the uh, for the <laughs> for the title. Uh, woman lights a smoke for Sandman and tosses the Singapore cane to Douglas, and Douglas uh, beats Sandman. Uh, he, he hits Sandman in the dick with the Singapore cane. It is not shoved up the Sandman's ass. Uh, and then Douglas pashes woman. Uh, Sandman uh, then he, he leaves. He leaves the arena, saying, "Get the camera off me." Uh, you know. Oh, you know. I don't want my wife to see this, uh, which is some good thinking. Um, then Sandman delivers a rant on woman uh, that probably hasn't aged very well. Uh, and he demands that on Saturday she brings every woman's activist she knows to the ring before he beats her like the bitch she is. Uh, then Shane Douglas uh, delivers a promo. Once again, he seems to have forgotten about his wife's potentially watching this show because the promo is essentially about how great it is having sex with women and also adjacently how he's good at wrestling. Whew. Uh, then we get uh, highlights from the three-way dance to close the show, which the highlight. So Joey Styles introduces highlights, and then it is Public Enemy's entrance, and about ten seconds of wrestling, and then the show ends. What did you think of this one? Mm. Well, I mean, so much happens in it, so it's actually mm. really enjoyable, but it is a little yes. bit over all over the place. I um I did uh. For a couple of incidents that happened this month, I actually mm. did some research on Ooh. what happened in real life because I was mm. kind of interested and I just didn't know the stories. So Sabu <laughs> did no show. So at, at that at the three way dance, uh, they're not pay per views, mm. but for want of a better term, we'll call them pay per views. So at the three way dance pay per view that had happened on the Saturday night before this, Sabu n- literally no showed that morning. So and they'd been, if you'd watched the episode the week before. Uh, you know, Paul Heyman had been building and this just, story for a year, and on the day on the day of the blow-off match, Sabu just rang up and went, hey, "I'm not doing this. I'm in Japan." He had gone he'd gone to Japan to wrestle in in New Japan, uh, and to this to this day, still has the attitude of like, "Well, New Japan were paying me more, and I was wrestling more." So, and uh, fuck just ECW. just to point out, still that, doesn't think that he that, did the wrong thing. Uh, Joey Styles <laughs> says in the episode beforehand. How uh, th- fans from thirty-eight states and three countries uh, were flying in to see the three-way dance, uh, the first three-way dance in ECW, and uh, Sabu just no shows. <laughs> He's in a different country. That's spectacular. Yeah, you get Rick Steiner though as a replacement. Well, I mean, I pretty, think I'd rather see nineteen ninety-five Sabu, but Rick Steiner did get a huge, uh, a huge roar. Um, yeah, so- of course. But people are so loyal to the brand at this point in time that, like, you know, I mean, you can hear that with the constant fucks Sabu yeah. chants through. <laughs> and Paul Heyman, in very Paul Heyman style, completely leaves Sabu out to dry. Like, just announces it on the show and then announces it on the TV show. And, like, 
really, really goes to town on Cebu, like really fucks around mm. with his reputation. It's like a very good history lesson of like, well, maybe don't get on Paul Heyman's bad side, unless you're Vince McMahon. That's the only person who can uh, do that and get so away with it. <laughs> of all the I, – I usually watch wrestling uh, by myself. Uh, there's a, there's yeah. a sentence all of our listeners can <laughs> – that's our first t-shirt. Uh, I watch wrestling by myself. Um, by myself. That's uh, really good. Uh, Me too. This this episode <laughs> happened to be the one that I watched with my wife in the room, which was great. Uh, oh, she Carly. was not. I, she was not as disgusted as I was expecting by the fact that uh, she she was more just keen to point out that. Uh, it is very unlikely that uh, what went to air in 1995 would have managed to make it to air now. Uh, I don't even think it would have made it to air on proper no. television in no, 1995. Like- you know, the, the, the ECW is this weird little, you know, it's regional TV, re, I mean, you know, it's not regional TV, but it was only on the one station late at night. No one's really paying attention. It became this own, it became its own phenomenon in mm. the world of wrestling, you know, but no one was paying attention to what they were doing. They have Rolling Stones. <laughs> it's not like they have a Rolling yeah, Stones song on this episode, or maybe it's the next episode. They just don't give a shit about <laughs> publishing or content or anything you know they're just doing whatever the hell they want which is what's copyright didn't exist in 1995 or uh (laughs) or they just didn't care there's no way eric there's no way eric or vince is putting this kind of content on their show that's true and and, uh, another there's actually a couple of sort of i guess minor historical things here uh in the when i when i made a joke about Cactus giving a promo on Guns N' Roses and Terry Funk, which is a wonderful, wonderful promo. It's a great It starts off in the most bizarre way where he doesn't really tell you where he's going, but he just starts going on about Guns N' Roses in detail. He's like talking about Izzy Stradlin leaving and how Axl Rose is an asshole, And it's all this kind of stuff where you're like, this is wonderful. <laughs> and it leads to the, he burned me, mummy, he burned me bad, which for big Mick Foley fans or anyone who's watched basically any Mick Foley career retrospective, that bit of that promo is in all of them. It's a really famous, it's not Kane Dewey, which is, you know, will happen at some point, but it's one, it's probably his second most famous ECW promo for a guy that's knocking it out of the park in every promo. And if you were to watch those Mick Foley retrospectives, you absolutely wouldn't be like, he began this with a, career retrospective of Guns N' Roses and a judgment on what he thinks of their music. He's moved on from them. He was into them. He's moved on from them. But it's another piece of evidence of letting uh, wrestlers flesh out their own characters by letting them do their own promos. I mean, you might have story beats that you want them to hit, but when you allow people who are as talented as Mick Foley to do what they do, then you get this, right? There's no way... That this would, if you've got a writing room of 25 people and five producers and Vince mm. McMahon, like there's no way this promo gets off the ground in the big oh, leagues yeah. now, you know, and we're all, we'd be we all the poorer be, yeah. for it, you know. So um, I'm so glad that these oh, tapes yeah. exist, you know, <laughs> like watching it, it's like this is this 100% could have been, I mean, I'm sure Heyman. Heyman's the kind of guy who would look after his own legacy, right? But this is exactly the kind of thing that would have been taped over by a TV station. It's like, what's this old wrestling? Whatever. (laughs) So every time I watch it, I'm really, like, thankful that it exists. And it's, like, such a – it's so interesting, man, to see, like, how into it the the audience is. And, like, the only other – you know, this isn't me being a mark or trying to push my gender or anything like this, but the only other time that I've seen people like pop the same way as I'm seeing these audiences pop watching these old ECW episodes are AEW crowds. It reminds me of the same, like that wrestling fan still exists. You just have to find them. I'm not saying the WWE don't have pop moments and all that. Of course they do. But that like, uh, 
brand loyalty that like one well, brand that's not that loyalty yeah. to the promotion well you s- i hadn't seen for such a long period of time i mean maybe it happened in tna but it, i didn't, didn't watch any tna it's just really well, interesting you and i that, went like, to a you know wrestling show many many years ago at a brewery that was being built during good beer week in melbourne uh and there was a guy this was just as AEW had been announced, and this guy must have, like, express post in the most extreme way. He had an AEW jumper, and you and I spent a fair bit of time with a few other friends really, really, uh, from a distance, picking on this gentleman because <laughs> we were like, how the fuck can you be wearing an <laughs> AEW jumper when you haven't seen the... Anyway, he was right. That gentleman was right. Yeah. Um, he was right, we were wrong. Well, I think yeah. we we're both right. He mm. took a punt and he was right. We <laughs> were still like, you know, there hasn't been one. No one's even mm. hooked up yet. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, but I suppose when you look yeah, at this was the now, point when Joey anyway, Janela was their big we signing. Being, we were um, being ourselves. You know, it was seriously. <laughs> yeah. Joey Janela and <laughs> who, Britt who? Baker. God. Who Double the fuck B or Britt something. Baker? I don't know. Um, Hangman Page uh, is shit. What a <laughs> fucking shit name. I'm going to hate him. <laughs> the, uh, but, yeah, this episode was good, man. Shane Douglas losing oh, the way that Oh, winning. This is Shane Douglas winning. What? what? Oh, that's right. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. I don't know why I've written losing. Mm. But either way, the um, all of the finishes of the major mm. uh, matches that we have throughout this month and are like- really good. Paul Heyman, like, Paul Heyman is the guy that Eric should have gone and got. I mean, I constantly hear him talk about, like, oh, I wasn't very good mm. at, like, ending things. I was like, well, you were obviously watching ECW because you stole all their talent. So what you should have done is got in contact with Paul and been like, hey, can you give me a few tips on how to finish <laughs> a feud, match, pay-per-view, and Nitro? I, I, I guess the, the, other, the other exciting thing of note here is this is Eddie Guerrero's first championship in the u.s yeah and he looks exactly like my dad when i was like four years old it's weird same mustache same mustache same you shawl guerrero dominic mysterio um all fathered by eddie guerrero (laughs) (laughs) that's that's harsh man have you heard the rumor that uh yeah that is the story have you heard uh the rumor that Rey Mysterio was yes. Jennifer Aniston. It was. It was. <laughs> there's a bit on. Uh, there's a website called WCW Worldwide, and there's a there's a bit on that uh, there. It's a, a. It's not true, unfortunately, but it, like WCW put it out there just to try and get attention. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> Which is ace. Like it's the co- that is amazing. once again. Yeah, it's still that's around. The kind of thing you later. could not get away with in the modern world, being like. Yeah, well, uh, Adam Adam Page is dating uh, Miley Cyrus. I'd actually believe that. <laughs> well, let's get it. We've said it on a podcast now. He's a good looking. He's a good looking, muscly dude. He's into music and stuff. He's not a complete <laughs> moron. You know, Miley's done wow, interesting things. I in- wasn't expecting this. Uh, to lead to you trying to convince Miley Cyrus to Let's date Hangman Page. You're like, come on, come on, Miley, stop being such a jerk about this. You know, he's no, a good guy. He's a good guy. He's one of the Just, good ones. We love him. He's great. His friends are a <laughs> bit weird. There's a he's got some weird friends. There's a guy called Johnny Hungy. He's going to come up and say Johnny Hungy. You, you know, I'm but not you get to engage that. with you on Dark Order. No, you'll learn to love Johnny Hungy, but you know, eventually, you know, initially, it's a bit weird. You know, it took me ages to get down with the Dark Order. Miley, down I'm with saying. OPP. Anyway, um, all right. Yeah, but I just love the ending of this. That like, and having having Sandman like, like basically mm. lying in the ring oh, having so a good. cigarette. Uh, <laughs> it's all right. Just so, eighteenth of April, anyway, nineteen ninety five. Uh, we're we're hurtling towards uh, on the weekend another sort of, I guess, big ECW event. Joey Styles tells us about Hostile City Showdown. No, no, he doesn't. Uh, Joey Styles tells us that Hostile City Showdown is over and that the world of professional wrestling may never be the same again. Uh, we get another highlight from the three-way dance show, uh, which is the Broad Street Bullies versus the Pitbulls. Uh, 
Raven, uh, the Broad Street Bullies are, are shacked up with Raven at this point and Stevie Richards says if they lose, they're fired. Uh, the Broad Street Billy, Bullies lose and now the Pitbulls are part of Raven's group, uh, which I don't think has been named quite yet. Uh, Stevie Richards has uh, brought the girl from summer camp that Dreamer, Dreamer and Raven fought over to the ECW arena. This is the debut of Balula McGillicuddy, which is, I guess, pretty exciting. Uh, then we get uh, Raven versus Tommy Dreamer, and I just want to point out that uh, Tommy Dreamer enters to Man in the Box by Alice in Chains. Uh, we get a replay of Eddie versus Scorpio. Uh, Two Cold Scorpio, absolutely fine that they do this because it's a great match. Uh, we get a rundown of the history between Sandman and Douglas, which is great. Then we get another Sandman versus Douglas, Shane Douglas match. Uh, Shane Douglas is the champion. This time, Woman betrays Douglas, and Sandman is the new heavyweight champion, which is exciting. Uh, Shane Douglas seems to be on his way because he puts on a Raw t-shirt and yells at the audience about how he's leaving. Um, so, that you know, they've been talking about whether Shane Douglas will be leaving a lot. It turns out he is. Uh we get a video package of Douglas's title history to Simply the Best, uh, which is beautiful. Uh, and then Funk and Ron Simmons backstage congratulate Sandman on his victory. And Sandman says, wrestling's dead and long live the Sandman. What did you think? Uh, this this was my favourite episode of The Four. Um, uh, I really... Uh, I. I I love the the match and the booking in the Dreamer Raven match, even though, you know, there's the girlfriend side to it. Um, having Stevie Richards kiss McGillicuddy and then like start choking her, which that is not great. Right. But using using the using a woman being attacked to get mm. Dreamer to come and save the day is just really I mean, it's basic, but it's just really good booking. You don't see it that often. So when you, like for me, it was like, well, this is good storytelling because, of course, Dreamer would go and try and save the day. Then Raven DDTs him on the outside, gets the, you know, and gets the win. I, I was just like, oh, great. And this is a great, real, when great, you think about ECW, this match is a real ECW match. Like they're outside of the ring. They're hitting each other with everything. They're bleeding. They're, you know. Like this is everything that people think about yeah. when they think about ECW, essentially. Yeah, there's, yeah, it's you know, it's br- brutal. <laughs> it's genuinely uh, brutal, and the same thing with Douglas as well. Like woman double crossing Douglas uh, for Sandman to win. Sandman being the champion in ECW had to happen at some point. Um, Douglas actually did. So I did. This is the other point where I did a little bit of research, right? So like. I didn't know whether you mm. knew this already and you were just playing dumb with me because I kept saying, like, why didn't Shane Douglas <laughs> go to WWF or WCW? It doesn't make any sense. I didn't know whether you knew this story or not. You were just waiting to get to it. But mm. I did some research and uh, Shane Douglas did go mm. to WWF. Uh, and I've got some notes here about what happened. Is this Dean Douglas? Read through them. Yeah, well, uh, so I'll... I'll Yes, he goes to WWF and gets given the gimmick of Dean Douglas, which initially Vince is trying to push, supposedly. But I'll just read what I've got here. So Douglas did actually go to Raw, uh, was not treated well. Uh, He was due to have a match with Shawn Michaels at an In Your House event where he was going to win. But it was the same uh, that week, that was when Shawn Michaels and British Bulldog had their Oh, fight when with the Shawn Michaels got Marine. beaten up by a bunch of Marines. Yeah. But he supposedly, so this has all come out mm. in the wash, um, and Michaels has admitted to this, that he played up the injuries because he didn't want to actually drop the belt to Douglas because he saw ECW at Douglas. Which belt was this? Was this the heavyweight uh, fight? Oh, I see. Okay. The I was going to say, I was the like, IC Jesus. Belt. Yeah. So... At the In Your House event. So he, like, uh, to the point where Michael's put makeup, like, got makeup done to make his black eyes and broken nose and stuff look worse. You know what I mean? Uh, So Vince goes, all right, fine. You don't have to wrestle him. So on the the pay-per-view, they're like, uh, Michael's is injured. So he's had to forfeit his belt 
Dean Douglas gets it, but on the same show has to fight oh. Razor Ramon, which happens like 20 minutes later and then drops the belt to Razor Ramon. So he was the IC champ for about 20 Good. minutes. <laughs> the click so strikes Rick Flair him. hates him and, and sinks him in WCW. I don't know if Razor, I don't think Scott Hall had anything to do with mm. all of this, by the way. I think he just was the beneficiary of Sean being a dick towards yep. uh, Douglas. Um, so that was all, so that all happened. Three months later, Douglas was diagnosed with a severe muscle spasm in his back, which if agitated could lead to paralysis. So the WWF doctors Mm. discovered this. It was taken to Vince. Vince does what he's been doing for 40 years and cracks the shits because he's invested money into this guy and now he he may be injured. Uh, so he essentially, uh, tried to intimidate him into working anyway, uh, and then he was to- when when Douglas refused, he was told to basically leave straight away. And Douglas, to this day, has been saying that he was underpaid for his time in WWF, uh, and that's why he refuses to do anything with them. Wow, at all. That's a a sunny story from nineties wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. We keep sort of like upending our own lighthearted. Oh. Poor Shane just, Douglas. I was like, it's so bizarre that someone that good, you know what I mean? Because mm. he is really good, man. It's the one, like, he has, I mean, there's a lot of people who are doing great work on this show, but he is a standout, and the, and he he really comes across to me as yeah. a Vince guy, you know, the Vince would like him, you know. He, he's got the body, he's got the promo work, mm. he's, you know, the in-ring ability, and then was just completely yeah. fucked when he got there. So he, he his whole stay in. I think very like clear. Months. Like my takeaway from the last, uh, we're now four months into this show, is that Cactus Jack is by far the best, uh, the the standout of ECW. Like he's he's just unbelievable uh, at literally everything he does. But also you can see how it was difficult for JR to get him signed to the WWF, whereas Shane Douglas, it's shocking that he was in ECW for years. It's shocking. Uh, yeah. And it's deeply disappointing that he was misused in that way because he's fantastic. Um, but now we're entering the Sandman era. What do you, what, what do you think about that? I, I like, I, I really like him. It's interesting. Like I'm always into something that's slightly different and, I really haven't seen mm, anything except like for Steve Sandman Austin before. Um, well, Steve Austin, yeah, right, but it's not it's not the mm. same thing. This guy genuinely feels like he came straight out of Broadmeadow yes. Shopping Centre. One thing, uh, one thing you can definitely wrestling. say is uh, uh, Broadmeadows <laughs> is where I grew up and where I currently live, guys. For anyone, it's it's a, a rough suburb in the northern suburbs of Melbourne. Well, it's not as rough as it used to be, but <laughs> he's, it was, he's but anyway. definitely not. A he good looks professional he, wrestler. He looks like he's walked straight out of a KFC car park. No, he's not. But he looks like the guy that you know when you see him in the McDonald's queue. You're like, you go <laughs> in the other queue just yeah, to make sure he's the, he's the giant fat dude smoking inside a McDonald's and no one's telling him to put it out. Uh, it's three a.m. Oh, he's absolutely wearing Zubaz. Not. Yeah, are you going up to the- yeah? <laughs> Exactly. But that's the thing. Like, my, I've always had the attitude of, like, it doesn't really matter. I mean, you need to be able, you need to, be able to work. But if you've got mm. that much charisma, you can oh, yeah. work around someone like Sam. Yeah, right? absolutely. Like, you don't have to be, you don't have to be Nick Jackson well, I think or Ray One Phoenix of the weirdest like, things about Sandman is I'm pretty sure, and we're going to get to this eventually because I think that we need to. Uh, WWECW, the TV show on sci fi. Uh, I'm relatively sure they had, Sandman was one of the very few originals that they actually signed. And, like, Hardcore Hack is in WCW, which we will get to, who is Sandman. Uh, he's the least likely person to be able to translate his act to even M-rated uh, shows. But he was he had more than a cup of coffee in the big leagues, which is fascinating. Well, he I mean, he's so over in ECW mm. as well. You know, and I think like if you were if you were running one of the bigger promotions and looked at this, you're like, oh shit, that's a really good gimmick, because he's just a people are going to identify with that. Working class people are going to identify with a guy who doesn't give a shit. You know what I mean? I mean, his promo that we see in the next episode where he talks about his dad giving him a lecture at the age of nine, 
he's brilliant. I mean, you know, obviously that's a bit of a joke, but like he's a hard drinking, hard smoking, doesn't give a fuck kind of guy, you know, anti, like working class anti-hero. People are going to fucking lap that shit up. And they did for 10 years in WWF yeah, that's, with Stone Cold Steve Austin when he, and when also he ripped it off. Whenever Stone Cold <laughs> re- returns or does anything. He, he is, is a very like. Well, now he is. Um, all right. <laughs> Even people who don't know wrestling, they know Stone Cold. And like the hot one, mm. like when he was on Hot Ones, the amount of people who like called me or messaged me and have been like, have you seen the Stone Cold was on Hot Ones? And Undertaker was the other one. It was like, no one said this about Undertaker, but Stone Cold, they were all like, he seems like a really nice <laughs> yeah, Undertaker, guy. Undertaker, they're like, I wish he was in gimmick a little bit more. Um, Uh, That's insane. Your favourite wrestler is Bret Hart, who's the only person. Like, the Bret Hart and Mark Calloway discussion would be, in fact, if they were to do like a pod, oh, my God, WWE, I've got a pitch for you. It's a four-part series where Bret Hart and Mark Mm -hmm. Calloway just hang out. Like, they live in a house. It's Legends House, but just with them. And it's completely legit. No, There's nothing they have no, to do. Legends House is the no, saddest thing I ever saw. this is significantly sadder because it's just two guys pretending that wrestling's real. And also, like, The Undertaker, both of them, Bret Hart seems to, like, just get real aggressive about the fact that everything he did was the best thing ever. And, like, Shawn Michaels was constantly undercutting him, even in, like, Calgary or something before. It's like, you know, Shawn Shawn never was in the dungeon uh, getting stretched by my psychopathic father. Um, But, uh, and then Mark Calloway just seems to, like, every time you see backstage footage of him now, like in that Last Ride documentary, him talking to Roman Reigns, where it was like, I think he wants Roman Reigns to be like, hey, man, I, I like you as a wrestler. Like, he seems like the most sad and desperate dude. <laughs> it's like, Yeah, I haven't, I didn't get, I didn't watch any of that Undertaker stuff. Because when I watch like Survivor Series 91 or 92 or whatever, I, I like when I'm watching those, anything from like 90 to, until Limp Bizkit arrive. I want to keep that, you know what I mean? I want to keep that sacred. I don't want to watch old man. Like, Mark can do whatever he wants, but I'm not going to. Well, that's that's your way, attention. and you're going to do things your way. It's your way, your way, or the highway, as uh, <laughs> as The Undertaker would say. Anyway, <laughs> let's uh, let's go to the 25th of April in 1995. Uh, we op- Why didn't he use break stuff? If you're going to well, use he used rolling because he did. At least he did rolling because he was rolling his, his, the on worst his bike. One. Um, why didn't he use, uh, <laughs> anyway, let's not go into, <laughs> why didn't the Godfather no, enter the nookie? <laughs> um, anyway, I shouldn't say that because Vince McMahon will go back oh, and like, the redub the WWE network. That was a bit of fun. Um, on the subject of things. Re- Imagine trying to bring the Godfather gimmick back in 2020. Like the Godfather might oh be the most ECW God. gimmick. Uh, anyway, we need to get to the 25th of April, 1995. We open, yeah, yeah, <laughs> we open to a package on Sandman and Douglas. Uh, st- we get Stevie Richards versus uh, your mate and my friend, uh, Mikey Whipwreck. Mikey, win- Mikey wins. I've just... Love that there's a wrestler called Mikey. Um, Mikey wins, but Raven attacks. Hack Myers attacks Raven. The Pitbulls come in to save Raven. And then we get the public enemy who come in and clear the ring and, and save Hack Myers and, uh, and Mikey Whipwreck. Is this a face turn? No, because they then pull out Hack Myers' wallet, <laughs> say that they're going to get paid for saving them, and then complain that there's only $2 in the wallet, in one of the most legitimately funny things I've ever seen in professional wrestling, uh, <laughs> which uh, just makes me more and more disappointed that uh, they're so misused in our WCW uh, shows that we're doing at the moment. Uh, we get a package of reactions on Sandman uh, as ECW champion, from the Pitbulls to Mikey to Cactus to Public Enemy and to Paul Lee. None of them are particularly psyched about Sandman. Uh, we get footage of Sandman attacking Cactus uh, after Cactus beat Funk. We get a replay of Balula's debut. Uh, we get a Stevie Richards promo on Dreamer. We get another Raven versus Dreamer match. Uh, we get a Sandman promo. We get Shane Douglas's lawyer, uh, <laughs> who's in this promo, 
and a cactus promo all sort of mixed up together. What do you think? Uh, it was fine. This episode was fine. Was pro- I thought it was probably the weakest out of the out of the four. It's one of those like um, it's one of those ECW episodes where like things happen and it, and it's fine. It's enjoyable to watch, but it feels a bit sort of I don't know. Last minute mm. is that the right? Is that what I'm looking for here? Not last minute, but just a bit sort of like um, when we were kids. There were uh, my mum who was like a working mum uh we had specific nights where we would eat mm. certain meals right it was a, I feel like it's a very 70s 80s kind of thing it was like wednesday nights spaghetti bolognese saturday night was roast blah, 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 blah. tuesday nights was scraps night which sounds gross but it was essentially what was left in the fridge because mm. we would do shopping on wednesday and it feels yeah. like this episode well they've just had these two that. massive events <laughs> it's like we've got and now they're yeah, so it's like, oh, now we've got, uh, I don't know, Mikey Whipwreck versus Stevie Richards and we'll get this very attractive, ridiculously 80s-looking woman to be Steve <laughs> Thomas's lawyer. Is that the most 80s woman you've ever seen in your whole entire life in 1995? I don't think uh, you're allowed to judge people by their looks in 2021, but 100% in uh, 1995 they were playing a joke by having her be a lawyer. Oh, I didn't even think of that. I just thought, oh, my God, that's the 80-est. Like, that's – it looked like a promo was, that was shot in 1984. <laughs> Particularly with – I was expecting her to take her glasses off and, like, bring up a can <laughs> of tab. I mean, with being cut in between you – know I mean? <laughs> Drink tab. Being cut in refreshing. between cactus and uh, Sandman doesn't really help, I would say, given how legit they are. I thought she did an all right job. <laughs> But I think she might have been dating Paulie at the time. Look, I wouldn't. I don't. I think Paulie was uh, a virgin, and I think he still is. (laughs) Oh yeah, (laughs) he looks like a virgin now. He doesn't look like he didn't. He does not look like no. But ironically, he looks like then. He looks like a virgin looks now in many ways. The thing about the thing about looking at Paulie in these shows. Oh, this is, is the, like, this I'm not is saying the second time you've said this out of four episodes. But he's not. But he's not. He looks. I mean, maybe it's because of how he looks now. Mm. When I look at him, then it's like, oh, he's a half, you know, half decent looking guy. He's. Re- My point is, he's really let himself go. He's gone from Fabio in he's Damien's really, eyes really to uh, to the to a walrus. Now, yeah, well, yeah, he 100 percent looks like a walrus. <laughs> I mean, he, he just does. I mean, there's a reason why everyone calls him Wars. But yeah, I thought this uh, I thought this episode was fine. I I did like uh, Dreamer using everything, including yes. the kitchen sink, in the match with Raven. I'm enjoying I'm enjoying the Raven Tommy Dreamer feud. Um, and then Joey Styles doing some of his best pun work in that match as well, uh, where the yokes on you, Raven, when Tommy Dreamer hit Raven with a pack of. Uh, 12, like a, a 12 pack of eggs. Uh, what's good for the goose is good <laughs> for the raven. I mean, just beautiful, just beautiful work here from the uh, <laughs> You've got to say that you can sort of tell already that, as I said previously, like, you know, Cactus is very clearly the standout um, and there's other standouts, but you can tell that the Raven Dreamer feud is going to be something special. Like, it was a little bit shaky at the start. You're a bit like, oh, the crowd weren't really buying it. They didn't really like Raven very much because mm. clearly, you know, he wasn't an ECW guy and now they're starting to get more and more into it and it's getting more and more sort of violent and interesting. Hmm. You got to earn your stripes with that crowd by the looks of it, you know. Like if you're, because they're talking, like Joey Styles is talking about how people are only just starting to accept <laughs> Tommy Dreamer. You know what I mean? <laughs> like the pretty boy Tommy Dreamer as well that Joey Styles keeps calling him as well. well like, mm, I'm more of a Paul Heyman guy myself. I don't know if I mentioned that. <laughs> or Sam. I think they're the two hottest guys on the roster. On that note. Uh- or Cactus Jack. I mean, it's a, it's a, it is a the fact that they didn't have the men of ECW calendar come out. What is, a, what I think uh, they missed a trick. Taz. What I think our audience can take away from this is that you were attracted to the kind of man 
that you could go out walking at night with that would protect you. Yeah, I want a big strong man. It's going to throw me around the room. <laughs> well, uh, on that. Uh, anyway, I'm going to go. Bye. This was the last episode of revisiting. <laughs> I will never ECW. speak to anyone ever again. Um, I've just worked out a whole bunch of things about myself, guys. If, if you're watching go. wrestling alone at home uh, and watching along with us, the next episode will be obviously May 1995, where we'll cover the five episodes. So it's probably a bumper bumper edition unless there's a whole bunch of clip shows, at which point we'll wow, go for 35 minutes. But uh, hopefully it'll be a, a bumper edition as we all sit at home and watch wrestling alone. Uh, until then, we've got an AEW show, an NWA show, a WCW show. Uh, there might There might be other things popping up. We'll tell you when we're ready and you're not going to get them out of us any earlier. Uh, Doctor, thank you for <laughs> thank That's you for work. being here with me today, uh, allowing me to hijack uh, your 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 show and uh, present. Uh, I'd like to also it's the Oscars. No, no, no the Oscars show, are this man. week, and like I'm really I'm clearly uh, taking some motivation from uh, from those speeches in how I'm ending this show. But you know, you can play me off with some Alice in Chains, although I would be played off to wood by Alice in Chains. But anyway, that's my decision. Anyway, goodbye. <laughs> I.